and roll a ball underneath. If it comes out the other side of the bed, I am safe. The ball did not come out the other side. It took me ages and ages to get up the courage to take a peek. There was no one under the bed. The ball had been stopped by a pair of underpants that I had kicked under there the week before. That's what I mean. Bang! You are never safe from an unexpected wave of fate. My parents make me sleep with the light out. I'm scared of the dark and I don't want it to be turned off. We're not wasting electricity when you're asleep, says Mum. Mum and Dad don't give a tinker's cuss about dark streets or shadows in your bedroom. In the Blitz, we had a total blackout, said Dad, with Jerry bombers roaring over London. He's always talking about the war. He says that because food was short back in England when the war was on, they used to eat cats, but I don't believe him. What did they taste like? I asked him once. Rabbit, he said. Couldn't tell the difference. Wasn't a cat to be seen in our neighbourhood, <laughs> I can tell you that. He gave a short laugh at this. Parents don't seem to know what it is like to be a kid. They live in a different world. They're not scared of the dark and they laugh at strange things. Eating cats is not funny. Nor are half-moon murderers who might escape from the loony bin. Kate and I keep walking along the beach. The morning wind is cold and strong, and our hair lashes our eyes and cheeks. Our feet sink into the wet sand, which makes it hard going. She is a good girl, is our Kate, but she is two years younger than me. I wish she was a boy and older, but she isn't. If she was a boy, I could play with her and no one would say anything. It is all right to play with a brother, but not with a sister. At school, you are a sissy if you play with your sister, and it is not allowed by the other boys who will tease you if they see. But today it doesn't matter, because we are alone on the beach as we walk towards the grave. I've been going to school in Warrnambool for six months, and still I do not have a bunch of kids to play with. It is hard to make friends. Everybody already has a friend. They are worried that their best friend will like you better than them, and then they will be alone and not you. So I wander around at lunchtime with no one to talk to. I have to look as if I don't care, but I do. Ian Douglas has a group of friends, and they might let me join. You have to do a dare if you want to be in their group. If you don't do the dare, then you're a chicken, and there will be no hope for you ever. I'm worried about this. The dare could be something scary, like doing a burglary or climbing inside the loony bin. I think I will have to do the dare, though. Then I'll have friends, even if they are tough kids. It's up there," says Kate, pointing to a little track that winds up through the windswept grasses on the sand dunes. I know," I say in an annoyed voice. Kate has to realise that she is younger than me, and I am the one who knows the way. But she doesn't seem to realise this. Kate is brave for her age. The grave is not in a cemetery; it's all on its own in the sand dunes. No one seems to know who is buried there. It could have been someone who drowned when a convict ship sank off the reef many years ago. Probably a sailor, maybe a soldier, or the captain. It is a big grave with a concrete slab lying flat on top of it. All the letters have faded away except for part of a word: man. We make our way to the top of the sand dune and look down on the grave. I gasp. So does Kate. It's true, I say.
Chapter Two: The Coffin. Things have changed. The top of the grave is no longer covered. The slab of concrete has been moved to one side, leaving a gaping black hole in the sand. For some reason, it reminds me of the bloody space that is left after a tooth has been pulled out. Look at that," whispers Kate. "I don't like this, not one little bit. It's as if I have suddenly fallen into a dangerous world that I have only heard about on the wireless. In other countries, there are wars and floods and gangsters and dead bodies, but in my world, there are just school bullies and grazed knees and having your one shilling pocket money stopped. An open grave only happens in the pictures, and I am shaking because this isn't the pictures. But I am Kate's big brother, and I have to be tough. Come on, I say as I roll up my sleeves. I'm going to have a look. My feet take me forward. I have had this feeling before. My brain doesn't want me to go. My heart is pounding with fear. But somehow my legs seem to have a life of their own. They just keep taking one step after another until I'm almost at the side of the grave. It was the same the first time I jumped off the high diving board. I am scared of heights, and I didn't want to do it. But all the kids who wanted to jump formed a line at the bottom of the ladder, and I had to join them. Once I was in the line, there was no way out. Up, up, up the ladder, one step after another to the platform. Then, walking along the springboard to the edge. Oh, how I wanted to turn and go back, but I couldn't. Every boy in the school was watching. I closed my eyes and jumped. For a few long seconds, I was in the air. Terror, nothing but terror. Then, kersplash. It was over. Now I am at the edge of the grave. I can see the shape of the coffin at the bottom. It is not like the sort of coffins you see at funerals. This one is made of lead and has the body shape of the person who is inside, like an Egyptian mummy coffin, but grey, with no paintings or decoration. Then I see something else. A cold tingle of terror runs over my skin. What I see is not what I expect to see. What is it? Says Kate. She has crept up next to me, but is staring up at the sky. She is sort of like the first person to reach a car crash. She wants to look, but can't. I just managed to scratch the words out with my dry tongue. A skull. Oh horror! Oh, strike a light! Someone has been down into the grave and punched a hole through the lead coffin right above the place where the dead person's head would be. Next to the coffin, staring up at us with empty eyes, is a skull. Kate half closes her eyes and finds the courage to peer over the edge. She screams in terror. I've never seen her scared like this before. Boy, does she run! She pelts over the dunes, sending the sand shooting up from her heels like the spray from machine gun bullets. Suddenly, I'm not the tough big brother. I give a scream of my own and scramble after Kate. We run like the devil is on our tails. We belt along the wet sand close to the edge of the water, where it's soggy but firmer than the dry sand further up. We send the seagulls screeching into the empty sky. We don't notice the vast lonely sea, or the lonely beach. The eye sockets of that terrible skull hold more loneliness than any heart can bear.
Chapter 3 Madness at Midnight Kate and I thunder along the beach until we reach the pier. There are people fishing and others just taking a walk. Normal people. We're safe. But we still keep running along the streets. We don't stop until we reach our front garden. We stagger inside, and Kate and I fall into my bedroom and lie panting on the floor. Our chests hurt with icy pains from all the running. At first we just gulp in raw air and cannot talk from a shortage of breath. Finally, Kate manages to say, I'm telling Mum. No, I gasp. You mustn't. We're not allowed to go near the loony bin. She'll go on and on about it, and we'll be in big trouble. And people might think we moved the slab from the grave. No, they wouldn't, says Kate. It's too heavy. It would need men. Or a gang of boys, I say. Somewhere at the back of my mind, a black thought is gathering. This often happens to me. A thought is trying to escape. But something pushes it down, and I become worried without knowing why. It's like putting the lid down on a... coffin. It was terrible, gasps Kate. When I close my eyes, I can still see it. It was real, a real dead person's head. Most girls of Kate's age would start to cry, but she doesn't. Don't tell Mum, I say. You're not the boss, she says. I have to be nice to her, or she will tell everything. I know, I say. But the skull can't hurt you, it can't move, it can't come here, just forget about it.